Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Mad Sounds podcast and as ever I'm joined by Matt Maynard, the one and only. The one and only Matt Maynard, your ego is growing episode by episode and God knows what it's going to be like in 20 or 30 episodes time if we get there and if we retain our loyal, already loyal listenership. Oh, you're ambitious there but yep, hopefully we'll make it. We are indeed ambitious and talking of ambition today we have got a guest I'm really really excited to chat to and one by looking your face Mr Maynard you're excited to chat to as well. Give, give I, us the clues. Give us the goss. I'm so excited because, I, you know what? I knew all about the story of the man that, that came up with this song or, or certainly covered the song, Ale Ale, synonymous with Liverpool and their Champions League run. I think it was the season before last and then last season as well. Yeah. But he's actually got some great tunes. Um, yeah. You know, I've been listening to him all week and his latest single is an absolute banger. So, yeah, absolutely. And when we got the opportunity to have Jamie on the podcast, um, I guess our further research started then. Uh, he's got a new single out, which we're going to chat about. He's also got a song called Weekend in Paradise, which is absolutely going off on, on Spotify and all the other streaming platforms. So I'm really, really excited to chat he, to him he, about that. And obviously his, the, the culture that he's creating around the Liverpool fan base, when you, when you look at the videos and the photos, is just absolutely astonishing. He's living the dream, isn't he? Because if you think of us two, massive football fans, um, in love with our football club, Arsenal, and he is in love with Liverpool, and all, the, all, the, all his fans at the moment, yeah. or a lot if, of his if, fans, if it was are like his, UFC if, fans, so it's if, all your favourite people, isn't it? Yeah, and it feels like he's part of the team. Like, um, oh, he knows uh, we're, we're, them all. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're going to chat Spot. about the session he had with, with Alisson. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I saw that he does a, a thing called Boss Night, where they did an event with Jamie yeah. Carragher or something like that. When I look oh, through cool. his Instagram, it's like the kid has got the keys to the candy shop. But <laughs> it's, it's much more than that, because when you delve into the tunes and what he's released, it is absolutely yeah, amazing there's everything in there to, to create a, an absolute superstar in my opinion so without further ado here's jamie webster so during the lockdown are you managing to be creative writing a few new tunes yeah i've written and recorded two new demos obviously you won't make the album now but it's just a nice little way to sort of spend your time if it passed a couple of days by quite nicely to be honest and the first time I've ever really recorded myself with on anything. I'm only using garage bands at the minute, but oh, nice. uh, yeah, nice. I just bought myself a little two hundred quid interface and mic and, and just started to crack on with it a little bit and see what I can get. But you know, it's it's productive at the end of the day. So yeah, two new tunes. I've got ideas for about four or five. Like I've got melodies and and you know guitar yeah. parts for about four or five. I just need words. I feel like sometimes in, in lockdown, you know, like it, does is that do you annoy yourself with that that you that you've got. You, what you think are great ideas and you can't fit them on the album or are you more grateful that you know you've got enough content to keep putting the music out there after? Yeah, well, out of this album that I've, that I've done, I had, not including these two songs, I had about 24, 25 tunes to, to choose from oh, yeah, yeah, to wow. make it an album an album of 12. So, you know, I'm looking to repl- replicate that. You know, I just try and write as much as possible. And, you know, when it comes time, it comes round to the time of doing album two, 
I mean, I'll be hopefully I want about the same number of tunes to choose from. Do you know what I mean? There or thereabouts, because yeah, you you know you want it to be your best work or it, it's out there forever. So you know, rather than just putting a come say say eighteen months time and it's time for me to to do another album, whatever two years, however long it it'll take. Um, and I've only got nine tracks. And yeah, you've got absolutely. fans waiting for a body where you don't want to just knock up a, a piece of shit and throw it on the album essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's good to be it's good to be prepared. Yeah. Like, to be fair, my management drive it like, you know, drive it quite hard, but you should be even with lockdown or not, you should be writing songs all the time anyway. They they challenge me to a tune a week sometimes, you know, if right. I produced it as well wow. all the time. So not that they're forcing it, but they just want to keep me creative flow going, you know yeah. what I mean? Because for every 10 absolutely terrible songs that I might write, there might be two two really good tunes in there, do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, then yeah. Then you can, you can fill, fill it up with another five or, five or six decent songs, and it's just it's just as much content as you can get to choose from. It's always, it's always the you know the best way. From Not that I've been in the game long, but from, from my yeah. first sort of experience, it's, it's always good to have more than, than not yeah. enough. It always in, it always interests me like with songwriters and how they they go about it because like I've heard so many say that they would write maybe like a hundred songs in a month or something like that and if you're if you're that prolific if you're writing that many songs are they ju- are they all slightly different from each other Yeah no I try and keep them all completely different so yeah. I might follow the same sort of suit but I mean I'm not up to them standards where I'm knocking out under tunes in a month but yeah. um, <laughs> I think it was Tom um, Grennan who said that but yeah oh yeah, yeah. well you know he's obviously he's <laughs> one far, far ahead. Yeah, no, it's you know if 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 I could do that, I'd love to be able to do that. But unfortunately, like, it, I just don't I, I don't really find the time to to yeah, yeah. to be able to, especially now because I'm trying to build myself up. I suppose maybe in a couple of years down the line, if everything goes nicely and you've got time to just sit and write, where you've yeah. got no disturbances into other little things going on, any gigs or anything, then yeah, you might produce numbers of tunes like that. But for me, I, I try and keep them different, but so that they follow, you know, the same sort of concept and the same sort of vibe to an extent, you know what I mean? I don't, not, it's not like every song's the same, but they're all sort of the same. I say it the same formula, you know what I mean? Of how I write songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, you were, and you were supposed to be touring um, uh, round, round about now. Did you manage to get any dates in before before this all started? Um, with me solo music, obviously me, my own songs that I write. Um, yeah, I toured like three dates in February, which was the last time, which was a great little tour, actually. I was on Liverpool, the Arts Club, Dublin, the Grand Social, and then London was Colours sure. in Hoxton. Because of the, obviously, the, my involvement with Liverpool Football Club, I had a lot of Liverpool Football Club-related work. I was all over the globe for, the, you know... Yeah, we'll, we'll, come on, we'll, uh, we'll come on to that later, absolutely. It looks absolutely blinding, what you're doing with, with, with the club. Um, me, me and Matt were actually just talking before you came on um, about, like, when we look at your Instagram and your Twitter. I mean, we're, we're massive gooners, just going for the record. I'm sure we'll come <laughs> to As I say, we'll, we'll come, come into football that. a bit later. We'll save all that. Um, and we'll save our thanks for later. Yeah, no, sorry. I just wanted to say, back on the gig thing, um, you, you say, where are you, where are you playing in London next time you come down? Are you... <sighs> Is it Camden Assembly? I think. I yeah, that's it. Camden yeah. Assembly. It is. What it What is. are you like on tour? You You know, you do you go out after all the gigs, or are you? No, no. Oh, I'm you're well behaved. Like, no, like the last the last night, I'll have of the whole thing. If I've got no more singing to do, 
I'll, I'll go out and have a, have a good one and well, I'll be out for a couple of days, I suppose, or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, how it goes. But not, not in between gigs, I'm quite strict because, yeah. especially because I, for for my tour and it's sort of, sort of coincide with each other, the gigs I do for LFC could be one in, could be one in Norway one Saturday and then come home and have a gig midweek, you know, on, on the Monday doing my own music and then yeah. two days later be going back out somewhere else. So I'm always quite cautious of like yeah, travelling well, and my throat. Throat's quite fragile, so <laughs> okay. That's that science stay on the honey and lemon, just in between the gigs. And then <laughs> so we have, can't have tempt you. Night. We can't tempt you out for a night out in Camden. Then after your Camden assembly gig, we could, we'll, uh, we'll buy you a honey and lemon at the bar. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, definitely catch up with you. <laughs> like you know what I mean. I I do stick around and talk to people and everything else. Yeah, I just yeah, don't. Nice. I've been playing gigs like nonstop for probably about eight, eight or nine years and yeah. you learn little things that sometimes when you go out and have a drink it's just not worth it if you get if you're singing the next day you know it'll just yeah dries up your throat and you just you just can't for me when i when i when i perform i like to be able to give it up give it everything and um, if you haven't got it there anyway to start with because you've been on the aisle the night before it's just yeah, yeah I bet. it's just not worthwhile it's not worth the struggle do you know what i mean because then if you've got a gig the day after that you've you've basically got nothing left then you know what i mean so yeah yeah so Jamie, your you know your new single, Grinding the Gears, um, and yeah. me, me and Will here have been listening to it all week since we knew you were coming on, and it is an actual belter. We, I absolutely love this tune. Like, and and, and to be fair, all your singles are pretty hot, but this one, Will, we were saying earlier, it's, it's kind of very no like, isn't it? Yeah, very... I, 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 I felt no, no. It's got that lovely little like sway to it. Um, and yeah, all, all the singles are absolutely fantastic. And if that's a, a taste of what's to come with the album, um, you know, we'll hope you hope we'll be speaking to you in the near future about that as well. But um, I, could, I absolutely love grinding the gears. Like you say, it's got a great null twang to it at the start. And, and we were talking before the podcast, you think maybe a bit of cast influencing that one as well? Yeah, I mean, when I wrote it, obviously... I had the idea of like a swingy sort of dreamy vibe behind it, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, obviously I was listening to it and when I first recorded it on my phone and the first thing that came to, to my head was cast. It was just, just what I thought. I just didn't know where the song goes. And then once we got in the studio with the producer and we sort of put a few ideas behind it, Once we, as we were watching it develop, it's funny that you, you mentioned earlier, the producer actually said, it's got a half the world away vibe to it now, hasn't it as well? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, I think it was just coincidence and the fact that obviously I'm influenced by both of them. Uh, that yeah. It's turned out that way, but yeah, I'm made up with this tune. It's just it's it's the first one I've put out. It's a little bit different. It's less less of you know let us have it so to speak and a bit yeah. more like you know just sit down, chill out a minute and and listen. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's out now on spot on all good streaming platforms, but obviously we prefer to go and buy it because that's the dumb thing. <laughs> it's to go and buy it instead and not stream it and get Jamie a lot more in his bank account. But also, yeah, in the midst of uh, coronavirus, you've also released a version of You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, obviously, it's just synonymous with Liverpool. And one thing I think me and Matt probably quite envious about Liverpool is how united all of you are in your politics. Now, I can't speak Massively. for every Liverpool fan, um, but it's, it's sort of a different ball game here. Obviously, there was there's a lot of footage um, re- relating to the Labour Party and certainly when Jeremy Corbyn was leading the Labour Party. And there's probably not another football club where you get that. Uh, why, why do you think that is? And is that something that you try and embrace when you're playing? To, to Liverpool yeah well it's about unity isn't it I think I think there's a slogan saying unity is strength and it's it's, it's true it's, it's it's just true 
from what you know what we've come through as a city, you know, because this city was a, in a real, real bad way under and post Thatcher. You know, it was really, really, really yeah. bleak here. And you know, how, it's, how we sort of come together as people to turn around. There's obviously the solidarity of what happens. Hills, but I don't really like talking about it. But you know, there's also that Close. aspect of yeah, yeah. As, of, of how we're basically shit on by the government in that way as well. And I suppose it is quite tribal in a sense, but I, I think that's it's a good thing because even though it, it's all come from experience, do you know what I mean? And not you can't speak for absolutely everybody, but yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely it's just I think it just comes from from experience and yeah, you know. Uh, but well, basically, I'm, I'm I think, I think me- he's been through, yeah, yeah, and media as well as a part of it because because of certain certain things that have gone on in the past, people are Liverpool what tend to avoid certain types of newspapers. Yeah, which, you can say which, it. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you, you no, can say that. You can say. Well, you don't want to say yeah. the name, I guess. But, but. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, and there's a few others there and thereabouts. Do you know what I mean? They were yeah, basically yeah. the same newspaper, and yeah, you know, we avoid that and those sorts of newspapers which push a certain agenda. I think, and. I think that's another reason why, you know, in different places, you you know, you, you lads probably switched on. You don't you don't read them sort of well, that tabloid anyway. Yeah. But yeah. like, there's probably a lot of people around you who would, you know, and yeah. and it's not no, really not, seen yeah. as like it's not seen as like something that you could call someone on. Whereas if if, if you walked into a cafe or a pub in Liverpool and yeah. someone's reading that paper, whether you whether, no matter what football team you support or what you know whether you even like football or not, you know that it was wrong and you probably. Nine times out of ten, someone would say something to you about it. You know, it's it's that sort of uh, yeah. the fact that no one buys into that sort of media. I suppose in Liverpool, um, the, yeah. and that, the stories you... stories that are told elsewhere are sort of lost on us because we don't we don't hear them. And do you, you know think I mean? you represent that uh, in your music as well? Do you feel like you're? Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely well, I definitely definitely my music definitely represents the working yeah. class. If you were to give me a summary of the album. I'd say it's just like a document of the working class struggles, joys and escapes of life, do you know what I mean? Of working class life, sorry. Uh, and obviously there's, there's certain p- parties and, you know, leaders who, who represent working class people, I think, like genuinely. So obviously that's where I'm obviously, I lean to the left in my policies and just don't get me wrong, I don't walk around the streets saying to people, you know, who'd you vote for me or anything like that. And even yeah, if yeah. someone, even if someone is, you know, politically the other way, it's not that I'm going to be any, treat you any differently as a person on the face value of things. We just disagree on our politics. As long as you don't, as long as you don't bring it into me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even bring it up. I'm not that, I'm not like a militant person yeah. where, I'll, where I'll walk up to people and start telling them stats about, also, you know, anything like that. It's just, sure. it's just how I believe. It's just more, more from experience and looking at something and knowing it's wrong. You know. Sure. But like you say, it's it's refre- it's refreshing to hear that you know most of you are like minded, uh, where you come from, and you can you can transcend that from your view into the music you put out. So, uh, I mean, enough about the p- people who follow you at the moment and the growing following. Before all of this, Jamie, what were what were you up to? What were you doing? I was just, I've been an electrician since I was 16. Left school and started working on sites. Um, worked for a small family company. Yeah. For well, up until it was about a year ago, I stopped actually full time. Obviously, me, wow. me sort of musical career started to build towards the back end of me electrician career, if you like. But I was basically I was working flat out between working my day job, doing gigs of a night time, right, trying to write songs, um, then doing gigs of a weekend, but still going and doing foreigners of a daytime quite an hectic schedule so I decided to do the music full time last, last summer 
I, I can imagine. And and how are you? How are you finding this newfound fame? I know that's such a sort of ITV chat show like sort of question <laughs> to ask, but it, it I I'd like to think it's a different type of fame and a more um, a more sort of not family fame, but a more closely knit fame with. Yeah, you live, people, you, you're, you're in people. Liverpool. Exactly. You're recognised amongst your own people and people you really care about rather than just someone coming up in the street going, Can have a selfie, mate. Does it feel different? And, and how, how do you appreciate that and, and take to that? Yeah, obviously, when I go elsewhere with Liverpool, it's exactly like that. Can I have a selfie, mate? And, that, you know, people are being nice, so I've got no problems with that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, they don't normally see me, but people in Liverpool have probably seen me knocking around for a good few years now. At most, you just get it like a sort of nod of, all right, lads, even if I don't know, if they, you know, if I don't personally yeah. know them, you just get a nod of, like, hello, because scouts are a bit more reserved in, in that way, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're very, I'm not saying we're reserved people, we're probably the loudest. I know what people, you mean, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, we're, like, it's like an uncool thing to walk up to yeah. someone and say, like, ah, oh, you know, you do get people who say, oh, it's great what you're doing, I'm made up for you, it's great to see. You know, someone from our city's doing as well as you're doing, and that's that's boss. Do you know what I mean? But even most of the time, you get a nod of like sort of, all right, lads. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? But sometimes you get a snarl as well. People who might, you know, be like really, 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 really bad Everton fans who like, you know, <laughs> let, let, let me let me live a pool pass get in the way. But then sometimes you get like little yeah. snarls all now and again. The odd little comments as you're walking past, or the odd I, little, I, yeah, little I, bit I of sort of. I sort of forgot about the Everton fan kind of side of the argument. I'm not trying to upset any <laughs> yeah, Everton fans, but but we, we, we do because you forget that Everton are there just because what Liverpool have been doing on the football side. Well, it just feels like the last the couple city, of years. It feels like the club represents the city in so many ways, doesn't it? And it all, it all like the politics, the football team, just the the culture, the atmosphere. <laughs> it all fits in, and then like the Liver, the Everton side. It's just, it, but they must fit in in all the other ways, right? The Everton fans. Yeah, they do. Everton, yeah, it's the same for the same people. Just once it comes to football, the yeah. very, very uh, our mindset and approach towards like football is just completely different. Different because the past, because the past 20, 30 years, well, yeah. even 50, 60 years in terms of yeah. the success. But no, I've got, listen, I've got very, very great two with Evertonians. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I'm not so with people who are just Evertonians who come to my gigs now and listen to me music when I'm playing my own stuff, obviously. And that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not trying to exclude anybody with my own stuff. I think that's what it's all about. It's a music's inclusive to everyone in it, original music. So, like it's, yeah. it's boss when you see like it's, it's, I suppose it's even sweeter when you see Evertonians getting behind you because it's like you know you know they're listening to the music rather than just you as a person do you know what I mean yeah um, so before all this as well we'll come on to LA 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 which was obviously the big Vegas, here they come here they come the Vegas. yeah they're coming in a minute don't worry dear, dear listener J- Jamie has uh, coincided the recording this podcast with a burger order I think he's just asked it's from his it's, it's from well. his yeah the, from his his kitchen at home though you know oh, it's not, oh, oh, it's, it's a not a delivery. Oh, it's not a delivery. Yeah, no, no, my apologies. No, my girlfriend's, uh, my girlfriend's mum's made them. So, Lovely. but they like pro- proper old mates. they I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, you're making me hungry, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to sit here and watch you eat them. <laughs> when you were younger then, and as, as we are a music podcast, um, who were your big influences? Who, what bands were you listening to and throughout, you know, different phases of your life? Do you know, funny enough, when I was a kid, I used to I used to like rap and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, when I was really little, only really, really young. And yeah. I suppose like Scouts House music is, uh, in a way. But like, I'm not talking when I was a kid. My mum and dad listened to like David Bowie. When my dad yeah. was more of a rap pack sort of fella. So listen to that growing up. But my own personal music sort of taste started to develop when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. 
and like Oasis obviously woke me up for first, like yeah. just opened my eyes to some music like most people. Uh, the Beatles then come come with that yeah. at the same time, I suppose. I then moved on to like well, not the same time, I suppose Kings of Leon's early stuff. Like, right, the, yeah, the their early stuff was good. Absolutely, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, the three albums, Pre Sex on Fire, were just yeah. unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Unbelievable albums. And they were, they were things that, that definitely inspired me first. And then I moved on to like to Bob Dylan and um, nice. like Johnny Cash, do you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. Um, Neil Young got into like songwriters. Bowie come back in in a big way there. Jerry Cinnamon was a big influence at one point, you know what I mean? Right, um, yeah, well, very recent one, obviously, as well. We, yeah, we can tell, yeah. I think we can tell, we can, I see the Jerry Cinnamon with the uh, with the Weekend in Paradise single. Yeah, um, yeah. That that sort of stomp, that kind of fast beat, um, completely evident, yeah. But it, it's great to chat about um, your influences because I think me and Matt have obviously seen quite a few of these influential singles and hopefully yeah. we'll see a few of them run... Um, you know, run through the next album, heading straight to whichever retailer sells it to buy it. And you feel exactly. free to feel free, feel free to plug it on here. Uh, on here, when do you expect it to be out? Uh, we, the release date, I think, at the moment is scheduled for twenty first of August. Yeah, there's going to be yeah. two singles in between. But what I might do for you lads as well, if, if you fancy playing one of my next singles, is like a one time sneak preview on one of the shows. Oh yeah, we would absolutely love to, mate. Absolutely no That's, problem. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah. So I will. I'll keep me way to that, and I'll, I'll drip it to oh, you, and you can play it as a one-time thing on the podcast. But yeah, um, no, yeah. I'm made up. Great. I just forgot to say on me on me influences as well, like the, the coral as well. with a big influence of mine. Okay, yeah. yeah. That that first one. Yeah, and the Lars as well. The Lars, really big Absolutely. influence, and the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, well, we're big, we're massive Arctic Monkeys fans. Arctic Monkeys were the ones that you say Oasis awakened you. I think for me it was Arctic Monkeys when I was like fourteen. Their first album came out, and I was like, yeah. "What? This is it? Music? It's, yeah, yeah." This it was unbelievable. The Arctic, my girlfriend's a massive fan of the Arctic. She's actually got an A, a and tattoo. Nice. I always get yeah. about it to be fair, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a massive Arctic fan. I'm I'm yeah. a big fan myself, especially to the earlier stuff. The earlier stuff that, that like you say, that first album is just yeah. it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, right, so let's talk about LALLA. It was it was the springboard of your success, wasn't it? So, so how did it come about? You you sort of heard it, the chant, and you thought I can make a song about this. Or were you already doing like football songs at this point? Or yeah, I was already doing football songs at this point because basically I started then um, playing these boss nights where it was just covers, and this is yeah, about yeah. nine years ago. And I started playing songs around town, and I got gigs in the pubs after the games and stuff like that and I just used to throw the odd Liverpool song in as I learned them yeah. and in the end I started learning more and more and it just started it just happened it was like a little Liverpool alley or a Liverpool half alley and then it developed into a Liverpool set with a few covers in between that's what it which is what it is now when I go and do them but LA 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 I think that I, I was sort of involved in the Mo Salah chant that come out a couple of weeks before and yeah. I was getting quite a lot of thing, you know involvement with the club and everything else and social media started to pick up or whatever else and I heard this LA, LA, LA song being sung and I was at the game at Porto away and we stood at, you know, at half time on the concourse and there was about 30, 40 lads singing it and she said, that's a great song now. I've seen a video of it the next day and when I got home, I just thought, I'm just trying to put some guitar to that. It only seems dead simple and I played it at one of my gigs and then it just took off like a whirlwind. Like on, on social media, it just went absolutely everywhere and then we, we released it for charity then just before yeah. we went to Kiev. And it's yeah. raised there, like forty grand for a local charity. Fantastic, which is which is boss. 
What, what was it like in that fan park in Kiev? And then obviously Madrid a year later, would you say that's the highlight of your career so far? Or and do you think it will remain to be the highlight for your whole career? You know, I mean, I mean, 60,000 people. Yeah, it's, it's mental. I mean, on the face of it, it's absolutely mad. How did you feel about it? Kiev, Kiev, yeah, Kiev was a, Kiev was just chaos. Enjoy it. Just go out there and, so I was still like I was still sort of quite low level at this time. So I just thought, yeah, I'm just in the mixer with all the fans, just having a go. And it was just a it was a boss take. It was a like a boss feeling of invincibility going into the game. And obviously we lost the game, but that didn't matter sort of because that that sort of unity that we got from the fan park was we knew it was the start of something special. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was the, the the start of like no, you know, we're back sort of thing. And then Madrid was just insane for me, like not because. Because we don't care the year before, we sort of had a great model on what to do for Madrid because we knew how much bigger it needed to be, how much you know, how much better yeah. it needed to be, how many people were going to be there, and yeah, so you know, got walking out in front of sixty thousand people, it's just not something that you never expect you're going to do. Um, and I, I would be lucky to do it again. I would be really lucky to to play I've, to a crowd like that again. I read in but, an interview that you said that um, it was only Dave McCabe. And Paul McCartney have played uh, as, as scousers that have played to that many people. That's like that's what I'm. That's, that's what I'm ridiculous. told. I don't know if that's true. That's what. <laughs> well, I'm told, even if it's close I mean? to being true, it's it's still incredible, right? That's part of history that you're part of there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only living scousers, I suppose. Well, maybe Bingo <laughs> as well, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it was it was insane. Really, I'll always be able to look back and go, "Well, I've done that to sixty thousand people in Madrid, and one of the biggest days in sort of my life and the club's history." So yeah. And and what about when Jurgen Klopp came to see you play it? Yeah, that was that was that was great. But I've had a better better moment than that with Jurgen Klopp since then. I went out for a pint with him in New York. Oh and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. What, was, what was that like? Great. Matt, can can you imagine Matt, can you imagine that? Like just going on the back on our Arsenal tendencies. Just yeah, I mean I guess Arsene, Arsene, Wenger. Arsene Wenger would be the equivalent, just just you know, belling you Thierry up. Thierry going, Henry. Or yeah. Thierry Henry just belling us up, going, "Do you want to go for a beer, mate?" And just <laughs> going, going for a beer with a manager who would go on to, or has just won you the Champions League, or got you to a final. It, no, he just won us. It. So you just won it by that fight. I, I mean, that, that's ab- that's absolutely astonishing. So I was, um, I was in New York, and I just finished a gig. I was on tour, pre-season tour with the club, uh, the second one I'd done, and he just one of the camera lads had been trying to get me out on the aisle. But, and I I told him because it was the last night of me tour that I'd go out with him. Yeah. And I'd, I, but I was that tired because I'd done like seven gigs in six nights or something like that. Yeah. It was like unbelievably crazy schedule. And I was like, said to him, okay, I'm absolutely done in. I can't. I don't even think I can. I'm gonna walk back to the hotel, get a shower. I'm sweating. And I'm gonna get my head down because yeah. I had like a access all areas to pass to the to the match the next day. So enjoy bouncing around. The, you know. By the by the dugouts and everything else, you know what I mean. I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy me in last day on tour. So yeah. he was like, Oh no, come out, come out. He said no. So as I was walking home, he phoned me up. And he said, No, we're not going to the nightclubs now. Like we're in this bar, but you need to come. I've got a surprise for you. I said, No, you're just trying to get me out. I said, I don't, you know, I'm going home. He went, No, you need to come. I can't tell you why. I said, you tell me why, or you know, I'm going home. And he went, So like the gaffer's here. <laughs> and, and he's. I've walked into the bar and he said, "Ricky, where the fuck's Jamie? Go and get Jamie." <laughs> so uh, he's. I'd met him a couple of times obviously before and spoke to him in the airport, flying out there and stuff. He'd come over and had a good chat with me. He was a nice fella. And then 
I said, Ricky, I still think, as if Jürgen wanted to drink with me, you don't know, saying that to me, you know what I mean, trying to get me out. And he said, oh, Jürgen, he doesn't believe me. And I just heard him in the background saying, what, tell him to, tell him to come, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I, just, I just thought I sprinted that. She said, send me a location, ran there. And there he was, just with a beer. And I walked in, and he got all the coaching staff, and had to clap me as I walked in, you know what I mean? It was a bit like, uh, wow. That's it was so, a bit mad. so surreal. So you had a bottle but, of like, Jürgen? Yeah, I had a, I had a couple, of, couple of bottles of Bud Light with him. Yeah, he was <laughs> just a dead nice fellow, to be honest. He was just, he was, he was talking, he was asking me more about it. Yeah. So, Did uh, he know your stuff then? Was, did, was he listening to some music? I, mean, I hadn't actually released it at that point. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, he, he didn't, I didn't, I didn't, like I say, I didn't tend to ask him that many questions. I just, <laughs> I just he, listened. He was, he was, I was just listening to him, yeah. It was just like, just taking in the moment. Got yeah. some good pitches, actually, but uh, yeah. I, I like I never even asked him for a photo. So one of his PAs sort of took a few photos, and yeah, he's just a great fella. That's like that's probably the it's either that sixty thousand people or that pint with Jürgen. They're like the two best yeah moments of like reward Liverpool career so far. It's like and there's a few runners up for you, isn't there? Because you've met you know like the likes of Rian Rush, Robbie Fowler, Ray Clements, Bruce Grobbler. You know, what what how do you feel about the fact that you've met all these heroes? And we'll come on to Alison as well. Yeah. Um, I do quite a lot of work with with a lot of them now because of yeah. sort of the Liverpool gigs that I do. It's a lot of the time, there's, especially with the club or different promoters, it's always like a legend does a talk and then I play after it. So like I've I've come to meet loads of them now. And at first you're like, oh, what? I'm going, I'm I'm having a sport. And I'm sitting down for dinner with like Clement and Robert tonight. You know, both <laughs> at the same time. And you know, these are keepers that my granddad and my dad used to tell me about. Yeah. And. Um, at first, it's great, but then once you once you meet a few of them, you just realise that they're, they're just nice fellas. They're just normal fellas, yeah. And like once they stop playing football and they're out the limelight a little bit, I think they get a chance to adapt to normal life and you know they sort of calm down a little bit. And they're always I always find find that it's a lot easier to to, to talk to and work with someone who's who play anymore than it is to someone who plays because they're so cautious about what they say and everything else. You know, because they're still in the limelight, obviously, sure. and like the the trained in a certain way, but. Yeah, no, it, it's great. It's something that, like you say, I'd never thought I'd be doing, but here we Amazing. are. You had a session with Alison, Liverpool's goalkeeper, to any uh, non-football listeners. Um, how how was that? Uh, yeah, funny enough, it was it was arranged when, on the first pre-season tour I'd done, when he signed, a video come about that he played guitar, so one of the lads who, you know, basically thinks of the media content, he, he said straight away, I'm going to get you in a room with him playing the guitar. So I sort of knew it was going to happen, which was a nice thing to... To know, um, yeah. and the first time we were supposed to do it quite early on in the season, and Alison knocked it back because he said he wanted to, you know, concentrate on being a goalkeeper and you know do things right on the pitch first before he come and starts playing music, which was a Fair nice enough. thing to hear. Fair enough, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice thing to hear as, as a fan. You know what I mean? Um, so then we done it. I think it was in, it might have been the January, or we filmed it, or the February, and he said, look, he was, he was a great fella. Do you know what I mean? He was really nice. Yeah. He's a uh, Seems seems like like quite a quiet family man to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he, his English was really good. He, he had a laugh with me. His guitar playing wasn't too bad either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we saw the video. It looks like it looks like he knows his way up up the fretboard. Uh, just bringing it back to uh, the, a bit more the roots of your career. Um, we, me and Matt, so me and Matt were taken a buy was Boss Night, which as we're aware, used to be a Liverpool fanzine and sort of turned into um, you doing events for Liverpool fans and you and your mates setting up Liverpool fans. Do you think that's the essence 
of your career on the Liverpool side of things and that's what really gave you the um, the opportunity to to go and, and do these things with the club? Yeah, boss night was the was the, the platform and that's what the, the, the lads were great. I mean, the thing was with me, I was a travelling Liverpool fan anyway and so were all the lads who were writing the boss night fanzine so I sort of mixed in the company a little bit anyway and when we got out to the plate, they could say, ah, one of my mates said, why don't you go and play on one of the boss nights? We had to speak to them and see if they'll put you on. Yeah. And it had like a small sort of cult reputation. And when I brought all my sort of scally mates from the match down as well, it was in here, they were absolutely wild the nights. And it just started to grow and grow and grow from there up until the sort of Mo Salah and LALALA songs that I told you about. We just, we just kept yeah. having to move to bigger venues every time, really. Yeah, and I, I guess you must take so much comfort from that because a lot of a musician's journey is they get spotted, they record a few demos, uh, a big label will sign them up and then they put stuff out and, and they sometimes they can go global. But with you, it really has been a grassroots affair first before releasing your own solo career. So that must be, um, that must be really nice. I mean, um, something me and Matt want to come on to for sure is the football chat so how, how do you feel at the moment with the season up in the air league uh, was cancelled today and so was the Eredivisie. uh are you worried liverpool won't <laughs> won't have that that well you're not going to be champions is not, it going to happen yeah i didn't want to say well, a word but what are you feeling yeah well that Ever, evertonian mates who i told you about who's like go, he goes everywhere with everton he's one of my best mates to go to all the everton game he's been rattling on about it for a few weeks and um <laughs> I've tried to stay out the way of it, to be honest, because you know it, I can't. I, don't, I can't even contemplate how bad yeah. I'd feel if, if if that was if that was the case. So yeah. do you know I've, what? It's yeah. We can hear you stressing about it already. I mean, we won't yeah. talk about we won't talk about that. No, much. I, I, no I, I think though it, it it shouldn't happen. There's no way in 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 hell that should happen. But I don't know with the FA like they could do that. They could just say cancel it and that's it ripped up. Like I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past oh, them, but no. do you know what? I wouldn't put it well. past. I wouldn't put it past Liverpool coming back and winning the championship in the next two or three years because their team is ridiculous. And I, and I've, I'm sorry, but I've been to Anfield about six or seven times. Matt, you've been a few times as well with me, yeah. in fact. Uh, and and I've seen us chuck chuck uh, Leeds away at Liverpool. Yeah. I've seen us get royally stuffed by Liverpool about three four times uh, with the recent team. Um, and uh, I think I think you'll be able to do it in the next two three years anyway. But it, it would be an absolute travesty if, if you, for your sake if if you didn't manage to clinch the championship. Um, but yeah, do you expect it, Liverpool to dominate after all this is over, after this over, and if we do start afresh? It, it just depends. It depends on what happens. It depends how the players react. I mean, if, if, the, if the league is, if we end up champions of this season, you know, that's, it's up to them to prove themselves to, to still champions next year, you know, like without yeah. short, without, without any interferences. And if we're not champions, they've got to turn that, you know that disappointment into into desire and turn it in the engine. You know what I mean? And 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 you know again, prove yourself. Either way, you think next year's gonna be a big, a massive year now for Liverpool. Whatever happens, because they'll always be. If we win the league, they'll always feel you know sort of our league was given to us. You know, sort of thing. Um, and you, yeah, and, you, and you'll have to live with that. Yeah, we, and do then, you, yeah. Do you already feel cheated that you haven't been able to celebrate, even like, even if you do get given the title, or there is a formula worked out, and you are champions, which should happen? Do you feel like you've already been cheated out of the celebration? But not cheated by anyone in particular, but just by life. Do you just feel like sods yeah. all the year we win it and we can't even properly celebrate? Yeah, I mean that's that, that's exactly how we feel. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's sods Lord is the is the right word to use. Um, yeah. 
But you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just it's life, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, it's, yeah. it's shit. It's shite, but it's, 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 it's how it goes. You know, I'm sure we'll, the, the, the thing is, though, if, if we can, at, at whatever point, make no mistake, if Liverpool are given this league title and we win the league title or we win it behind closed doors or whatever, if we're crowned champions this year, as soon as we're allowed to celebrate, <laughs> you celebrate, you know what I mean? We're, we're going like, to know about it, basically, yeah. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to know about it, ever, you know what I mean? It's, that's just the nature of the game, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? But, Absolutely. And, do you, are you sort of happy that it, it was the Klopp's era? Because, you know, you went a bit, you went kind of close with, with Rafa before and with Brendan Rodgers, obviously, as well. But how happy are you at this sort of real free-flowing attacking team that's so likeable as well? Like no one, I don't think anyone really hates the players that play for Liverpool. You know, how, no, we don't, how do does that make you feel that it's this lot that have done it? Yeah, it means more for the, more for me as well. Being behind the scenes, you know, being around the players and you know, seeing seeing how actually good the the artists seem to be as mates. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's it's more it's the whole the whole thing that's going on at the minute. The club, it's well, you know, before all this stopped, like the the sort of feeling of togetherness between the fans, the players, you know, the staff, everything. It's it's everyone's moving in the right way at the moment, and and the players just it seems like they're just just so in tune with each other and what they're supposed to be doing. It's like it's a joy to watch. It's just things they just they just succeed and succeed and succeed. You know, in every sort of circumstance, and uh, it's 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 down to everything that's going on. You know, you look at the content and some of Liverpool's like. Not that many people follow Liverpool, but some of Liverpool's content, some of you, you know, like the things that the players actually do yeah. in the community, like with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, for example, they got they got told to do, they, they got told to like, you know, pretend to be like a team, brainstorming ideas for products and stuff like that. But they're all taking the piss out of each other and all. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you feel connected. You feel connected to them. Do you know what I mean? You feel like you can relate. Feel like it's, you feel like it's real yeah. and that you're part yeah, of this, you can, this whole journey, even though they are like sort of global superstars and, and, and you, I mean, hopefully you're on your way to that too, but you're just a fan at the end of the day, aren't you? You are just a yeah, Liverpool yeah. fan and you, you, you love Liverpool. Yeah, well, and the thing is, growing up, you, you've heard all these stories about these great Liverpool teams and, you know, how we were dominant and, you know, teams feared you and there was no stopping us and we had this unbelievable, these unbelievable managers in Shankly and Paisley and everything else and, mm. you know, you, you feel like that you don't have to, to, to want them, that, you know, because everyone's you're always gone. used to say that, oh, I wish we could, you know, back in the old days and celebrate Liverpool being successful it seems like we're living our own little part of that now you know what I mean and like yeah. when, when I'm older I'll be able to say to my kids and grandkids oh you seen the, you know you should have seen the Liverpool team when I was a, when I was when I was a young lad you know what I mean it was like yeah. you know absolutely just yeah. part of history but absolutely. thankfully well, yeah. it's, it's, it's brought me into playing music full time and writing my own songs now and it's the maddest route into the music industry ever but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it you know what I mean Absolutely. yeah no, so honestly so so you should be Jamie um, I say if, talking to you today it sort of feels like you are part of the Liverpool first team and certainly looking at <laughs> all your socials but um, you know or t- taking the football aside um, obviously a very talented musician really excited to hear what you've got coming up in the next few months uh, Grinding the Gears is out now uh, as is Living for Yesterday and Weekend in Paradise so that the other two singles you've released please go and listen to them me and Matt oh, are great. basically in love with them and I hope you will be too after listening but Jamie thanks so much for coming on and um, whether you get crowned champions or not whether you're playing in, uh, the May stage in Glastonbury or not we, we, we wish you all the best but we'll see you in oh, Camden as well Camden yeah, yeah, and we'll see Defo, you for a beer down Camden and all <laughs> see you later
Thank you for downloading the Mad Sounds podcast. Please hit follow or subscribe depending on which app you get your podcasts on so you can get the latest episode straight to your phone. Please also follow our Twitter for the latest updates and news of who we've got coming on the podcast. Our Twitter handle is at Mad Sounds London.